What is up, everybody? Will Vance here, managing editor at Magnetic Magazine and the host of this podcast, Magnetic Meaning. We are back with the second episode of 2023 and the seventh episode overall of this podcast. Thank you all so much for staying with me as I get the show off the ground. And if you're just tuning in, please leave a like, comment, subscribe, share, or whatever sort of algorithm feeding voodoo we can work together on to ensure that this music industry podcast reaches the masses that it deserves. On this week, we have Jesse Breda, who is the founder of Gravitas Recordings, an electronic music label known for releasing music from artists like Closey, Of The Trees, Josh Teed, 100 Drums, and many more. Another one of his ventures is Gravitas Create, a music education resource and sample store. He's also the founder of Lionshare Digital, which is a digital media marketing agency that works with artists, festivals, and music tech companies to help them with their websites, branding, and other digital marketing. Finally, Jesse is the co-founder of Pivotal Agency, which is a booking and management agency. Long story short, he's the man when it comes to taking a nascent idea, personal project, and developing it to its full potential. And that's exactly what we'll be discussing today as Jesse has brought the word growth to the table to chat about. We mention all of the different irons that he has in the fire a lot throughout this episode, so I'll save the finer points until then. But if you're curious to learn more about what this guy does, links to everything, including a coaching call with him for you and your artist project, can be found in the show notes below. But before we dive into that, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, Point Blank Online. Point Blank is an elite caliber music school with campuses in LA, London, and everywhere else online. If you're looking to step your game up in production and music industry acumen overall, Point Blank is my first and obvious choice. So check out what they do and how they can help you crush your goals this year by heading over to pointblankmusicschool.com. Now let's dive into growth with Jesse Breda. What is up, everybody? Will Vance here, managing editor at Magnetic Magazine and the host of the podcast you are listening to right now, Magnetic Meaning. We took a little bit of a break over the holidays, but we are back in full swing. And this time for episode six of the podcast, we have Jesse Breda on. He is the founder, label manager, and head honcho over at Gravitas Recordings, based out of my old hometown of Austin, Texas. Jesse, what's going on, dude? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Did I miss anything in that introduction? I feel like I glossed over so many of the finer points of everything you have going on behind the scenes and in life in general. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I was telling you before we started, I have a web agency called Lionshare Digital. We do branding, website, strategy, marketing for artists, music festivals, music technology companies. Um, and then I'm also a co-founder, former manager of Closey, Beats Antique, Desert Dwellers. I currently manage a woman named Christina Soto. She's tritonal, Closey, AU5. Uh, she just did a song with Subtronics. And uh, yeah, um, my main mission and goal in life is just to help people create their dreams. And I um, kind of figure out that. Uh, and that's honestly a perfect segue, probably the most fluid segue into the initial um, idea of the podcast that I've ever had on the show. But with that in mind, uh, what is the word that you're going to be bringing to the table this week? Because after all, it is magnetic meaning podcast, right? The show where we talk about one specific word. Yeah. So my word this year is I thought that was a really fun prompt, uh, especially because we're at the first of the year. Uh, it's always fun to like think about what are your what are your goals what's your mission 
kind of reevaluate digging into the purpose and meaning of your life so that, you know, years, years go by pretty quick. Um, <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. My, my, the word that I came up with was growth. I almost picked my mother passed away last year. And so I an insane amount about grief, but I think I'm at, I'm sort of through, uh, that stage of grief or one of the stages of grief at least. And so what do I want the rest of my life to be about? And so focusing on this year of growth of myself, personal development, and then my businesses. And, and and what were your goals for 2022? Which ones did you accomplish? Which ones did you exceed your expectations? And uh, which ones did you leave on the table? Oh, that's, man, that's a big, that's a lot big question. Uh, what were my goals for, you know, honestly, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't even remember what I, you know, my mom had been through a battle of cancer for almost nine years. She got, she got really sick, um, in 2021 and then into 20. Um, I think my biggest goal was just to spend as much time with her as I could and make the most of, and I definitely accomplished that goal. We want to, went on an amazing RV trip, um, to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And we watched the Aspen, uh, not to be a downer, but yeah, I mean, uh, um, definitely that was a big goal just to spend much time with her. And as, after she passed, I think my goal was just to honor her memory and celebrate her. And, um, I went to Amarillo, Santa Fe, Phoenix, picked up my wife. Uh, we went to the Grand Canyon. We went to Sedona. We went to, um, a bunch of other places in Arizona, Antelope Canyon. And then she, uh, she flew out of Salt Lake and then I went to Moab and just drove, drove through the rest of, um, from Moab to uh, to Austin. I saw a bunch of her friends and spread some of her ashes. So that was uh, another big goal. So I, I would say the, of those goals, personal, I say one of my new goals for this year is really just health. I think my mom's passing really hit how fragile our bodies are and how important our health is and how fast it can go. Um, I've been exercising and actually been like tracking my diet and having a lot of fun with that and like sort of a new relationship. And I, you did, I didn't answer all of your questions, but I think I got some of them. We have 45 minutes or an hour to dive into all of it. So no, no pressure. You know, I like that you put all your personal goals, goals first too. Right. Because I mean, at the end of the day, right, it's especially in music, it's so easy to focus on just the end goal of your career or like, you know, whatever the next box to check is, um, whatever your musical endeavors is, that is oftentimes really, really easy to cast aside personal life stuff, personal health stuff and everything yeah. like that. But while you are doing your personal goals and everything like that, you still manage to push all of the projects that you have all the, on this concept than me, because you're the expert on growth after. And why I asked about like, what goals did you accomplish? Which ones you, you didn't, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to accomplish like all of them in the time frame that you do, as long as you're pushing things forward, right? Growth is all about progress over perfection, as cliche as that sounds. Uh, do you have any musings on that to kind of kickstart us into the into the main meat of the discussion? Yeah, well, I mean, on on the musical side of things, we've been working with a new act called Hello Yes, Mitch and Ronnie. They're also, uh, they play in Zoo's live band. Uh, and so they came to us in 2021. They had some, and we were really excited about them. Uh, and that is sort of a new musical direction for Gravitas, more sort of a little bit more house focused, but they're all over the place. Everything from Krung Bin to Jungle to... And we set some ambitious goals. We didn't hit all of them, but we did, you know, they set a lightning in a bottle and we definitely, I think, put them on the map. And that was a really fun project. There was, you know, some ambitious goals. To your question, you know, as my mom was getting sick, we, we have Gravitas Create, which is a sample library, tutorials, courses. Um, you know, you can book an artist development um, session with me or you can do sound design with 
you know, some of the art that that has always been a labor of love and, and a way to give back and also a way to discover new artists. So we we, we kind of put Gravitas Create on hold. So you have goals, you have, you know, best laid plans, and then things in life come up and things change, or you look at things and you get new information, then sometimes you have to change those goals. So, you know, we, we, we were developing sample packs, we were developing courses, and for the most part, we put that on hold, but there is some cool stuff happening there. I'm not, I can't talk about it just yet, but I think there's some breathing some new life. Sometimes you you can't, I think flexibility and understanding where you're at and you're reevaluating your priorities on a month to month or week to week basis and seeing like, this is, I'm in a different place or I thought this was really important or I thought this was um, what I'm after, you know? And then I think that's really important in this discussion of like, what do you really want? Like, I want financial freedom, but then they'll go after some crazy job and they'll work all the time and it doesn't really even give them like, what does financial freedom mean? Um, so I think sometimes have goals in mind or we have things that we want but then we go after something that really act to to what will get you what you're what you're looking for so, um i'm a big fan of just re you know uh sometimes it's it's good to to sit down and and reevaluate and click kind of see what you want today rather than what you thought you wanted six months ago and but i mean people can still access the samples and everything on oh yeah correct? the site's up for sure totally for sure. well so and that also you know when it comes when it comes to growth and reevaluating your priorities and where is the next logical step and stuff like that right it it kind of reinforces the fact that like quantity quality will always beat quantity right because you have quality samples for a month or a year or whatever it's still good shit that you can like people can find online and access Right. And so and I think that that's a really important kind of kind of thing, especially in today's age, when you're trying to grow your artist project and stuff, th signs that are telling you to, to feed the algorithm, have a constant string of, of stuff. And so bite at whatever can feed the algorithm the fastest. And it, that usually ends up meaning that you sacrifice quality over over quantity. Do do the work, make really high quality stuff, regardless of what it is, right? Whether it's a it's a record label, whether whether it's a sample pack, whether it's um a, a disc as long as it's quality work, you always have that to fall back on, even if it's not the priority in that. For sure. Yeah, I mean, well well said. I think in a lot of these discussions that I have with artists about strategy or building or marketing strategies or plan, it's there's there's assumptions that are made as we're going into those discussions. And one of those assumptions is that the music or the product is good and so i mean that's 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 first and foremost like if something doesn't resonate with people you can put all the marketing dollars and all the effort into that and it so yeah i mean well said right it it has to you have to do your work and and build something or create something that people um event you know if promoted online and put put it out there into the world and get feedback it's worth taking your time to get it right i see a lot of people rushing to release music put things out and like you said like you you said sort of feed the algorithm like that makes me cringe like we do not work for facebook we do not work for instagram we do not work for twitter D those that impulse to push things out to get likes and get feedback get comments is really dangerous and really toxic for creators i mean i think it's toxic for everybody and i think uh, I, re I recently saw somebody like, what, what's something that we thought was safe 50 years ago and now we like laugh at? And it was like someone was talking about cigarettes. And I think the person that made this is really dangerous. And I think it's, it's leading us in a really scary place. So um, yeah, sit down and, and do the hard work, create, create things 
for the sake of creating, um, enjoying the process, learning about yourself and learn your limits and like, um, you know, pushing through those and seeing um, your resistance come up, comes up. If anybody's ever read the, the Art of War or sorry, War of Art. Uh, by Stephen Pressfield, like the, he talks about this idea of resistance when you're going and you're like, ah, oh, I could go get a coffee or I could go go for a walk or, you know, I, I can go check my phone. Like those things are really uh, always asking for your attention and they they keep you from doing the hard work, like creating that next song that you want to create. Though That type of work, that hard, deep work is so, the payoff is so much better and so much gratifying and can can create opportunities in your life beyond anything that you'll ever get from social media so yeah <laughs> and yeah and like people are people uh, and artists and labels and brands and everything are putting so much emphasis on social media right but yeah. it's like but but no matter who and yeah you have to play the game to some extent but at the end of the day we'll always be building a castle on sand because mm -hmm. some new app could come along and yep. wipe off instagram and all of the ad dollars you spent growing your account all of your blah 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 blah, blah it's it's gone seemingly overnight right like TikTok exploded and changed the entire game so quick. And everyone who put time into investing into other video video content, other short form kind of stuff, saw a massive decrease in all of their work just because mm. something outside of their control came along. And so, yeah, they might have grown a little bit in the short term and stuff, but there's, again, the metaphor of building a castle on sand. I would, I would probably counter that with, like, one, I agree with what you're saying. Like, don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you're a TikTok star, then that's great. Um, and that's, a you know, but... It's got, you got to be having more than that. That being said, I really encourage people to lean into YouTube. I think YouTube's not going anywhere ever. Like it is, um, I, it is going to be there for the long term. The tools and the um, opportunities that there um, are available on YouTube, if done right, can, can be a career into themselves. And, and there's really no, I mean, of course, if you're maybe putting up political content or some weird stuff, you know, they can, they can demonetize you. But if you're in the music world, and you're creating your own content or creative arts like youtube's a fantastic platform because you can live stream you can connect with your um, you know, your fans there's comments um you can premiere and i think that it gives you the ability now they're doing shorts and everything else it really gives you the ability to have a, a really deep interaction with your audience and they're owned by google and i just don't think that that there's anybody that's going to take that that place in terms of video content and things like that so that, and, that's my advice to artists yeah yeah and you know they they sneak in under the radar because most people think that youtube is a place where you go for like production tutorials or stuff like that but there's a large amount of people who discover all of their music and listen to music exclusively on youtube it doesn't it's it doesn't get the credit that it should because there's so many like dedicated apps like spotify or title or you right. know itunes and stuff but a ton of people are finding music on on youtube and there's also massive curators yep. similar to playlisters on youtube that you can be pitching your music to directly that have bigger audiences and can bring more attention to your artist project or whatever than any spotify playlist that you Absolutely. put all your attention to yeah globally it's a huge platform um you know not like it is definitely a big one in in america north america like you said but but yeah around the rest of the world it's it's a huge huge place for music discovery and people will just stream their music through youtube exactly like what you said so um all right so i want to shift directions a little bit because i know that you have as i said you have a lot of irons in the fire right like you run a record label you help with artist management and stuff like that right so you have a lot of direct boots on the ground insight to a lot of different ways to grow a lot of different things in the music industry mm -hmm. right so so let's start let's start with growing artist projects and let's start at the start of that and talk about how do you how do you grow an artist project from its like nascent stages how do you take an artist who has awesome music but has less than a thousand followers on facebook what's the most important thing to kind of get them get their project off the ground as quick as possible and invest and get the most most mileage out of your whatever you invest in uh good question i mean this there is no one right answer with all of these things uh, i always try to take a look at the specific artists right what are their strengths what do they like where where you know 
where do they fit in the ecosystem of music or the related artists? Um, and so from that, you know, next really comes the story. Like what, what are they communicating? Let's like you said, like, again, we're making some assumptions that the music is good. <laughs> the artist is going to work hard. They want to show up every day that they're willing to put in the work. I mean, those are our, our paramount key assumptions. You cannot, you cannot make it at this point without putting in significant amount of work. Um, and so from then, I think it really comes out to creating a strategy, creating a plan. And, and like, you know, I think if you look at what we did with Hello Yes, that would be a really good example. So they had, I think they had about nine songs finished when they came. And from that, we kind of pared things down. We got everything mastered. We found a visual artist. Uh, this artist had already, uh, also worked with Krungbin. We thought that, that she um, had an aesthetic that fit the sound. So I would say, don't, do not overlook the visual aspect of your brand, like branding, your logo, your, your voice, um, the colors, the artwork. Artwork is so important for artists because, I mean, truth be told, that's the first thing you see uh, online. If you're, if you're shopping for music as a DJ, if you're, if you're browsing on playlists, if you're looking online, um, you know, you're getting, you're getting some ads or, or a post on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like that art needs to call you to action and say like, you, you should listen to this. Wow, that looks interesting. What, what is the story that's gonna be told by this music? And then the, the music needs to, to deliver on that visual promise, so to speak. And I think that's something that's like sort of understudied, under, under thought about in, in, to some extent. Um, so really, I would say invest in your visual logo, your, your, uh, your, your brand, and then your artwork. And then from there, I think right now, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever you want to say, Spotify is so much of a key place for music discovery. And they like singles. And so even if you have like eight songs, I would encourage people to roll those out one at a time because you get more chances um, at being featured or being promoted. Now, that being said, if you are an artist and you don't have a label or you're working with someone like DistroKid or CD Baby or um, you know one of these like self-service platforms, it's very unlikely that you're going to get you know editorial Spotify support. It's just, just be, let's just be real. So in that case, that's less important. But I also think that people's attention span right now and sort of the, as a as a new artist you want to just get people to listen to one song at a time and those songs should be really exciting and interesting and thoughtful provoking make people feel something i mean that's my rule number one for when we sign artists i want to feel something when i listen to this music it may be incredible sound design that makes me think about wow how was that created or it could be uh, you know, world music, bass music that that makes me feel like I'm in a temple or someplace, you know, bizarre and amazing, or like I've just been transported on a DMT trip or something like that. I want to feel something. I really want to be uh, emotions to be evoked. Uh, and again, connect that artwork with that. And from there, I really encourage people to release a song at a time. Take your time. Have a couple, like, you know, every two weeks, uh, or so I would say every month or six weeks, have a, a song coming out and really put as much effort as you are into making that song as you are promoting it. And don't overlook things like Reddit. Um, it's okay to post multiple times. I would encourage you to tell the story, the making of the song, like why, what is this about? What does this mean to you? Um, practice that, get good at it. Like people, I think, you know, expect that their first or second or third song is just gonna take off or that just because they made something, people are gonna listen to it. I tell people, you really have to earn the attention of the listener. And the, there's a lot of ways that that, that, that works. But so I, I get people that say like, well, I wanna release an album. And I'm really like, you gotta walk before you can run and you have to earn the attention of the listener. So even an EP, you're asking people to sit down and listen to four songs at a time. And I think that's sort of kind of a wasted effort when you're first getting started and you have a thousand. So bit by bit, song by song, day by day, fan by fan, um, really looking at what's happening. So then from as things start to get going, really looking at your analytics, where are the cities 
or the places in the world or North America, you know, like let's just say you're in America and you're wanting to tour, you're wanting to kind of get some momentum. I would encourage you to do some some ads on Facebook and Instagram. We use a platform called Toned In, which allows us to, you know, target and do A-B testing and different things like that. But let's say you're doing well in San Francisco, you're doing well in Denver, you can just run ads to people in those markets. Don't just go hog wild and do all of the world or all of America. You can really go after certain cities and build your audience in there. And like, if you, and the other thing is as a, as a music fan, think about how do you get introduced to music? I mean, it's really a, you know, people often like share their music. And so think, think about how that works and study that and, and um, come up with ways that, you know, people think in stories. So as you share your story and you tell them like, you know, I, I just went on a vacation and I, and I saw the beautiful, um, you know, landscape of the Grand Canyon. And I was inspired to, to create this song. Like to me, that's a lot easier to remember. Just like, Hey guys, check out my new song on SoundCloud. Like that doesn't really connect with people. So ultimately those numbers that you're looking at in your stats, those are human beings. Take that really seriously, honor that those people are, are giving you some of their time and attention and really think about giving them more to dig into. Um, you know, when we work, when people work with us in Gravitas, we have a, a, a software we use, like a, a project management software called Basecamp. And in that, we've just been growing it for years and years. And we have a list of, of marketing ideas. And so it's like probably like a hundred different ideas of things that you could do. Um, you know, there's a podcast called Song Exploder and he like breaks down, it's an amazing podcast. Um, he breaks down like, uh, and I mean, big, big, big names go on there now, but they'll talk about like so-and-so like came up with this baseline. And then, then like, I heard the baseline and I started writing the drums. Um, those are like really creative ways of, of showcasing what, how you made your song. And I think that that's kind of where the bar is at this point to really dive in and show and show, um, or if, or if you're an instrumentalist, like show yourself playing that song or doing, uh, uh, like a instrumental cover of a song. And that's, you know, obviously that not everything's going to work for everyone, but we, I mean, we have a list that just goes on and on for, for ways to promote your music. And so, um, yeah, if, if you want that list or you want a version of that list, you can hit me up. And I have, I have a document that I, I've shared through Gravitas Create that's like, you know, marketing plan 101, basically. So, I mean, it, again, I think we'll, like just like what I said about goals is as you start to release your music and you start to see momentum, take, a, take stock of what's working and, and course correct and adjust. And maybe like something connected with people, like go lean into that. And it may be your fifth or sixth song that you release like, that starts to get some traction. Go back and try to remarket that and tell that story and lean into that and share some more info about it. If something, something doesn't connect, you may love you may love a song and it just hasn't hit. You can push push more into that one as well. So there's whatever eight billion people on this planet. You got to think that just because just because it hasn't kind of hit yet doesn't mean that you can't just keep kind of promoting it and pushing it. The trick is to find ways to talk about it that aren't just like, "Hey, bro, check out my SoundCloud." So that's where I think be as creative inside of that as you are with your music, and it can be fun. I think people really kind of dread that part. Um, I like it. So, I mean, I guess that's why I have a record label and a marketing agency. <laughs> um, but I, but I think, you know, there's lots and lots of information out there on the internet. Some of it is, is like, if you, you know, the first couple of things that you read will be like sort of the same stuff gets said again and again and again, which I, which is sort of like, I feel like people are, it's just an echo chamber, but there is really cool ideas out there. Um, so I would encourage people to do research. There's, like you said, there's great YouTube channels where people talk about how to market your music, study that, become a student of the game and, and, and just collect those ideas, make a little notepad, you know, like a, you know, note on your, on your computer or your phone and save cool stuff as you come about it. Um, you know, browsing through Reddit, when you, when you see an ad on Facebook or Instagram or whatever that you, that's like, wow, I really like how that person did it. Take a screenshot or copy that link and then save it. And that starts to be really your playbook for what you can do in the future. 
Um, and there's there's courses out there. I have a couple of courses that I bought that are like 30 days of, of ways to promote your music and, you know, just get one of those. I think most of them are, are pretty cheap. And that doesn't mean you have to do them in that order. But those, again, that's a, a big playbook of ideas for marketing the music. As So that's just kind of like each and every release should have a marketing plan. For Hello Yes, we did what's called the waterfall strategy. So the first single came out and then the second single came out and the second single actually had the first single attached to it. And you see this with Bonobos and the Chainsmokers are one of the people that first started doing this. And what happens like as we're sending people to Spotify specifically, you're sending to them to that, that song page and they're listening to that one song. And then when they're done with that song, it dumps into some sort of radio or, or whatever's next. That's a missed opportunity. So when you second single has that two songs on it, third single has three songs on it. The EP has all four. So you're really trying to maximize that, that play count, which really triggers the algorithm. And, and, and hopefully people are going, wow, I really dig this song. And then they're maybe they're often running and doing something else by the time the second song comes like, oh, what's that? And then they look back and it's like, hello, yes, again. It's like, damn, that's a good thing. So I, I think that this is digital music. There are no rules. If you understand how to release music, meaning there's UPCs as a container for a release and a release can be a one song or an album or an EP. And then each song has an ISRC, which is basically like its unique identifier. And so if you're releasing a song so that that second, that second time, that second single where it had the, the new song and then the song that had come out before, that, that song that came out before has the same ISRC. And so you're stacking, you're basically just stacking the, the songs. And that's an interesting way to do that. And so I'm also a huge fan, big believer in Bandcamp. We've been using that platform since we started. We love the pay what you want model. You know, we, we were inspired by Pretty Lights back in the day. He gave all of his music away for free and trade for an email. And that email list like just, you know, grew and grew and grew. And our email list is, is pretty massive. And now Bandcamp has really taken um, some really significant steps for helping artists. When you people follow you on Bandcamp, you can message them. And I think that's a really underrated thing because it's very, very difficult these days to get directly in touch with your fans unless you have an email list. So Bandcamp is one of the only ways that you can email and message people and get 100% at least opportunity to have them open your email on Facebook. We're talking about like organic of like, what do we even know? Like 1%. I mean, who, yeah. who cares at this point, right? Like it's so low that it's, it's so far down on my priority list that it doesn't even like, I, that's not the thing I'm thinking about. So I don't know. That's a lot of information. Do you want to ask me any follow-up <laughs> questions? I literally can talk about this for, for a day and a half. So <laughs> you said something two hours ago that made me think of something. You know, um, yeah. So one thing that I did want to go into, cause I want to talk about how to grow bigger projects. But before I do that, you talked about how there's a lot of information online. It's kind of like an echo chamber and stuff like that, right? Where there, there is almost like an established zeitgeist of how to market your music online. But a lot of the times, right? Like those guides aren't being written by like innovators and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So like that zeitgeist is often a little bit outdated. What is some marketing, music marketing jargon and just a part of like the general conversation that you think is either old news, uh, fake news, or just not as effective as as blogs make it seem? Mm. Well, I would say a lot of those blogs are are more about mechanical stuff. Okay, make sure to fill out your artist for Spotify pitch, like X, Y, and Z. Make sure to put your all your music in a playlist on SoundCloud and pin it to your profile. Those are mechanical things. I think where the magic comes from, and this isn't a very good answer to your question, but it's, and I don't, I don't really care about the blogs or the zeitgeist, is, is it comes down to the strategy and the story and the magic and like what's unique to you and what are you trying to, excuse me, what are you trying to communicate to the world? That's what's important. Um, what's out there that that's sort of old news or BS. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't studied that in a while. So I don't know. I have a good, good answer for y'all, but I'll just counterpoint and say, focus on the story, focus on what, try, what you're trying to say to the world and lean into that. Um, you know, the, the person that connected you and I is Franz, right? And he's our, he helps us with PR. Anytime like, you're going to talk about bigger artists, you know, we can think about as you, as you grow your project to a certain point, then you can start to think about working with a press person. And so anytime you sit down with a press person, they're going to ask you, what's your story? And that's what's matter. That, that that's what matters for blogs. That's what matters for people. 
um, as you think about the journey from becoming never heard of an artist to being a super fan, you're, there's like so many stages there. And I, I, I encourage people to study and think about how, like your journey um, from, from your favorite artists, from never heard, hearing of them to being like willing to spend, you know, some crazy like 80 bucks to go see them play live and buy a vinyl and buy a t-shirt and so on and so forth. Think about that journey. Think about the stages that you went through and the, the things that happened in your life that created that. And like, that's, that's really where I think the magic can happen. And, and, and it's, I mean, that's such a, a bigger topic than, than, than just marketing, but it, it's, it's showing up again and again, consistency is really something that, that, you know, I think is important. Um, so I don't know, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question, but <laughs> kind of no. went back to it. <laughs> no, but if anyone is uh, curious about how artists can implement stories into their into their you know branding of of being an artist and everything like that, we actually interviewed Franz. He was on episode three of the Magnetic yeah. Podcast. So head over to our to our uh, catalog of different episodes and stuff like that, and we dive into that for forty five minutes or so. Um, but let's move on to bigger artists, right? Because bigger artists are a much different ballgame than up and coming artists or just fresh starting out artists, right? So how maybe without we we probably don't have an hour to dive into everything that you could probably riff about this, but what are some some steps maybe like bigger more established artists can continually be doing every single day maybe some maybe one or two grander scheme things that they can do to kind of break through that barrier into the next echelon of artists mm. i mean it's 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 a lot of the same but i would say it's just about continuing to invest in yourself i think as the project picks up steam people have to learn to say no to a lot more stuff and really focus on um the timelines and the you know creating new music taking care of their health if you are touring a lot, like, I mean, it is, it is, I think we're going to figure out at some point that how, how challenging and, and hard on your body and mind touring is. I mean, I think there's been a lot of, of talk about that in the last few years, but I think there might be even something that's just like, you know, this is the average artist lives this long compared, you know, touring artists to, yeah. to other people. I, mean, I don't really think, I don't think uh, there can be no amount of facts and scientific studies about the toll that touring has on artists that will keep <laughs> younger artists from still wanting sure, to chase that sure. same dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, I think again, it's it's about furthering to furthering to like synthesize and create your vision and your story and and tell that in production. You know, I think Closey is an ex excellent example of like she added lasers, she added visuals, she really like um, created sets with dynamics. You know, really heavy moments, really soft moments, um, something there for everyone. You know, when I was working with Beats Antique, uh, you know, I kind of came in a little later in their career. They had been around like. I think 10 years plus when I started managing them and they were already doing this. So this has nothing to do with me, but what I saw that I thought was incredibly interesting was just the fact that they were not playing a set. They were putting on a show and that show left you like thinking and left an impression on you, you know, costumes and lighting cues and moments in the music where the, the choreography was absolutely, you know, tied to the music. I think a lot of that's missing in electronic music right now. And I think, you know, Beats Antique has been an innovator there for, for many, many years. And I don't, I don't really know anybody that's anywhere close to what they're, what they're doing on an artistic level. Um, you know, someone like the glitch mob, like, look what they did, right? Look how they evolved. They created, um, you know, the blade and, and that had a couple iterations. I thought that was incredibly interesting from an artistic point of view. I mean, they, they, they're wizards, literally, I think wizards with spells and potions um, with Ableton and creating a way that they could play their music live that was visually interesting that like looked like a holy shit spectacle so i think that that's where if you're if you're a mid-tier artist and you're trying to get on the top tier i think that that it's the production game the stage game that's going to take you there hopefully by that time the music is there um you know if we're talking about releasing music that's where i think you can do larger bodies of work 
you know, when we did Closey's Evasion album, that was the first time we did music videos. We did a significant amount of vinyl. We did a, a branded tour with production. Like everything was tied together. And the planning phase was, you know, a year and a half or more to to put that all together. So the timelines get longer as you as you're a bigger artist, like you're booking out, you know, six months, nine months in advance, a year in advance. Um, you know, when Chloe played Coachella, I mean, that was something that was like <laughs> it, it works for like a year and a half, like talking to them. So it gets pretty crazy at that level. Um, I don't know. Is there is there any specific thing you can you want to ask me about in there? Because it's just such a it's such a big world. No, no, no. I mean, I, I I think you hit most of the stuff. I just think it's important to like impress upon the fact that it's like, you know, there are the, it, it is a different ballgame when you get to like the big leagues versus just like bedroom producers trying to make a name for them, initial name for themselves. Yeah. But But it's also reassuring to know that like, when you're just a bedroom producer or a bedroom artist, just like kind of scraping it together, like you are practicing the skills that will be vital and applicable at the next stage of your career. It's not like you ditch all of those skill sets when you play your first festival gig and then it's a whole new different thing. It, it, mm. Every piece leads leads to the next and it, it, it's yeah. a continuation of it all. Yeah, I would. I guess I would say too, just, be, just for all of these people that have done it, in a lot of times they're investing all and, and more money that they're making back into the project. Um, and I think that, you know, just to clear up mis misconceptions, I mean, yeah, as a bigger name artist, you can make a lot of money, but the costs are significant when you've got a tour, when you've got a crew, when you've got any sort of stage production, when you've got managers and agents, um, business managers, I mean, those percents go away fast. Taxes are a real deal. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. And and so there's a balance. I mean, straight up, I know, I know that the glitch mob has said this publicly, like the first couple versions of the blade. And I think even maybe the last time they toured, like they did not walk home with much money. And in some cases, I think the first, first time they did a tour with the blade, they were out of pocket. And it was really an investment in the vision and the, and the idea. And so, you know, you can make the money back on merch and, and vinyl and, uh, and, and to some extent streaming um, and, you know, music sales and licensing. I mean, licensing is a huge opportunity. As you build a name, you can, you know, more and more license opportunities can come your way. Um, but that's also such an interesting part of the world where the briefs that you get that say, like, we're looking for a song like X, Y, and Z, a lot of times they're like talking about a big artist and they're actually looking for somebody that sort of sounds a lot like that, but isn't because they don't want to pay the yeah. the 10x price for it. So, man, it's, it's a hard game. I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat it. It is hard at every level and every position. It's hard to be an artist. It's hard to be a manager. It's hard to be an agent. It's hard to be a, a you know um, uh, like an event producer, a promoter. Um, you know, obviously, it's just like things are, are squeezed pretty tight. So, give people grace. If you're just a fan and you're showing up to a festival or you're showing up to an event, like just know how many people put tons and tons of time into making that happen and be a little forgiving if things aren't exactly perfect. <laughs> um, all right. So now you also, you know, we've talked about a lot about artist management and artist growth and stuff like that too. But let's talk for the next 10 minutes or so before we both part ways for the weekend. Um, what about growing a label? And I will preface this section by saying that I would imagine that most of our listeners are more like music producers trying to like, you know, navigate their way through the industry, right? So when it comes to growing a label as a label owner, what are you looking for? And how can artists best assist that goal other than just sending you dope music? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I hit on a lot of it, right, already. Like, I want to hear something that moves me. Like, for for me, for Gravitas, like, we're in a really blessed position in that I have another business that affords me my life. I, I reinvest all the money that we make back into the label um, for employees and for, you know, marketing. Um, what I want is I want to be moved. I want to be inspired. I want to be, I want to be excited by the music that I hear. So don't just copy somebody else's sound. Like, really dig in and and have something to say. Have something that's truly unique. If you look at like the last Somatos record we did, Creation is Creation, like that blew my socks off. The Zebler and Conti record that we put out, Sink or Swim, or, you know, sort of their uh, COVID quarantine 
um a record like that was something that you know was on the label for me of like apex twin type idm music that is just phenomenal you know the music that we're putting out with savage it's so true to him and his vision that it's like it's like i'm literally getting to sit inside his mind during you know a ceremony plant medicine ceremony or something like that which is really cool you know obviously closey's music is like it just takes you places like you feel like you're traveling the world when you listen to her songs so you know josh t to someone where he's incorporating live instruments like that's really exciting for me i, wa I want to see people play instruments on stage like that's really that's really fun i think that there's an element of risk and danger when you're playing instruments that doesn't come from just playing tracks off of a laptop or, uh, you know, you know, someone like of the trees, like his music has evolved a lot, but when we were putting out a lot of his music, like I thought it was just, it was really unique in the bass music space. Like it didn't seem like he had just copied the same serum presets or patches from everybody else. So I just wanted it to be unique. I mean, that's a huge deal. And then the work ethic is just is number one, showing up, being professional, take, being willing to take advice and, and, if we're your partner, if we're your label partner, know that we've done this. I think we're at our 190th release. Know that we've done this a lot. And then if we talk about the artwork or we talk about the mastering or, hey, maybe we should cut some songs from this list of 10 down to four um, and make it an EP instead of an album, that that's, has zero to do with a personal feeling about you and more about um, what we think will work best for the music and the project and and people and be digestible. And, that, you know, in that case of like, editing down songs it's it's also about like we don't want you to we don't want it to cover the same ground musically i think that becomes boring and and um sort of like well you already said that so to speak um and there, there's a balance and you know if people really push back and like no this is a you know hard deal then we will obviously be open to that um i like it when people have released music before so if you've never released with a label i really encourage you to self-release because you can learn a lot. <laughs> you learn a lot about what it takes to be a label and you maybe have a little bit more understanding of, of some of the things that we're saying, the mechanics, the process. So, you know, like kind of the fake it until you make it thing is like put some music out yourself and, and see, see like what's out there and learn some of the terms and, and understand like how, you know, um, how all that, all the mechanics of metadata and all of this other stuff that, you know, some of the stuff that we ask artists to, to do they're just kind of like, what, what, you know, not really, but sometimes it's like, why do, why do we need to worry about this? And it's like, well, it's just part of the business, you know? And so some of it's not fun. It's not creative. It's not interesting, but it, it is the like mechanical part of running a label. Um, you know, you asked about like how to build a successful label, I think consistency, but also keeping people surprised. Like, you know, people don't know what they really want. And so if you just say like, well, what do you guys want? Well, we want more stuff like closing or of the trees or whatever. It's like, well, cool. But it's the same thing as like, they want, people want to be delighted and surprised. So I think it's a really tricky balance of continuing to release artists that are sort of on brand for us, but also different and unique and interesting. So I'm, we're, we're pretty uh, genre agnostic. Like I'm, you know, a fan of down tempo, drum and bass, house music, electro. I don't really care. I think we've found a lane and, and certain genres that work really well for us, but there is absolutely nothing stopping us from, from releasing something that's that we haven't released before. I just think of that as being open-minded. I don't really care if it's, it's, you know, in this genre, I think in some cases, like for a label, you do want to kind of stick to certain things because people start to know you for that. And if you're way too ADD and all over the place, then they're like, they don't know what to expect. And I think we're a little that way, but also enough to where if you're open-minded and down, which is what we're looking for, then you'd be like, cool. Um, I know that they're going to put out something good. I know I'm not totally sure what I'm going to get, but I'm at least going to check it out. Um, you know, and, that, and that's just one way, you know, I think um, you know, I like what Wakan has done by sort of having like a, a chiller, more down tempo label. I think that's very, you know, valuable for them because they can kind of segment those two two lanes. We looked at doing that and it was just something that like I thought, you know what? 
I'm good. Like, this is cool. Like I want gravitas to mean all that. And then, and then, and then some, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Did I answer your question? <laughs> you yeah. yeah. You knocked, you knocked it out of the park. Um, so yeah, in closing, we have a couple minutes left, right? So the question I always ask uh, at the end of these is, uh, is there anything that you wish I would have asked you about, about growth, personal growth, artist growth, label growth, industry growth overall that, uh, we either didn't have time to, or I glossed over or didn't ask hmm. at all. I don't know, man. I mean, I guess the thing that I would say, and that this is like my own personal journey and like, I've been physically active. I've, I've worked out, I've played sports. I've, you know, I'm not afraid of, of, of moving my body, but just recently, I think I've, I've like tapped into this new level of, of the physicality and how that translates to my mind and the discipline, the interrelationship between physical discipline and mental discipline. And, uh, also just the, the, the insane benefits that exercise and, and, and health, like, you know, physical exercise can give you uh in mental so i think i see a lot of people having depression and struggling with life and i think that as 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 cliche as it sounds it's like moving your body can can just activate so many things like um if i go for a walk or i'm having a, a workout like there's another part of my mind that that activates and i'll get really fun ideas when that's happening when i'm sitting in front of my lot of creative ideas so i encourage people to get outside and move your body and do and get get like that that mind body soul thing is real that connection is so real and i'm just having fun exploring that with myself right now so i mean that's where i was talking about growth like i was like kind of torn whether it was healing or growth but for for me that that growth mindset is what can i lean into where where am i like stuck in my life where do i wish i could have some progress and then kind of attacking that and like learning about it reading you know articles watching youtube videos reading books and even right now, like I said, I've been like tracking my calories and what I've been eating and not because I'm like, want to get super swole or buff or whatever. It's like, I've never done that before. And I didn't know a lot about that. And now I'm like, okay, like this is how much fat or how many carbohydrates are in something like that. And that's, that's just knowledge that now I'll have for the rest of my life. So just taking on something and learning about it um, for me is just, it's such a, um, it's such a rewarding process. And like, we have such a limited time on this planet the more of those things that I can pack into this lifetime, the better, like, that's just what life is for. You know, if you're asking like what the meaning of life is, <laughs> I would say to live life to its fullest, like try as much, taste as much, do as much, like go for it, like dive in, don't be fear, don't be afraid to try something because you don't think you're good at it, you know, or you don't know enough. Like that's, it's so easy to, or not so easy, but it's easy to ramp up and get a, like a functional knowledge on something like that 80%, like functional knowledge. And that stuff translates to other things. And all of a sudden you find yourself like having new ideas in the studio or new ideas for like marketing your project or a new idea for a business. Like those, that's, that's how those ideas usually come about for me. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, man, let's start winding this down. Thank you so much, Jesse, uh, for chatting with us about growth, both artist projects, labels and everything um, like that. Thanks again for your Absolutely. time, man. Yeah, man. Great to meet you. I appreciate what, appreciate what you guys do. And you guys have been a fantastic partner for us. And I thank you for all the coverage on our artists. It, mean, it really means the world. Thank you for everybody for listening. If you want to hit me up, I'm on Twitter at Jesse Breda, B-R-E-D-E, -E, um, or Instagram. It's just my name. Uh, and yeah, I love to connect. I love to talk with people. If you're an artist and you want to send us demos, let's just go to our website, gravitasrecordings.com slash demos, and you can send us demos. We have a, a tool, a system that we use, and, and it helps us stay organized. So it's not a black hole. We do listen to the demos. Um, if you ever want to book like an artist development, um, uh, session with me you can go to gravitascreate.com and uh, then there's some there's a tab there for coaching we got lots of other people you can coach we got tons of sample packs and whatnot so shout out everybody thank you for having me brother appreciate it
Alrighty, everybody, that's a wrap for this week's episode. Hopefully you came away learning some valuable stuff about growth, expectations, creative marketing, and the importance of not having all of your eggs in one basket when you're trying to grow as an artist. I wanted to give one last shout out and thank you to Jesse, owner and founder of Gravitas Recordings, alongside a wealth of other game-changing platforms and brands. Well, we'll be back in a few more weeks with another fresh episode of the Magnetic Meaning Podcast. Sometime between now and then, head over to pointblankmusicschool.com and check out everything this premier music school has to offer. Remember that it's not just for producers and would-be professionals. Point Blank can help you learn to DJ, manage artists in this industry. They even started their own podcasting course. The point is, whether you want to be playing big festivals, signed to your favorite labels, playing at your local club, or just making the music that's in your head, Point Blank has you covered. We'll be back in a few weeks. That's all for now.